All right, welcome to part three of Psalm and Sommer with Julie from Pengincelli. So right now we just poured the last Cabernet that we have. It's the Wisdom Cabernet, and I'm going to let Julie introduce it and talk about it. All right. So we're finishing with uh, a grape that uh, is only second only to our flagship Zinfandel. So we planted Cabernet Sauvignon in 1965 on five acres of property just off of uh, the Dry Creek itself. And uh, it has been planted to the same grape for over 50 years. And Cabernet Sauvignon is the one we chose. It's the one we stayed with. Uh, when it reached 40 years old, and nobody ever hears of old wine Cabernet, and there's a reason, <laughs> uh, my uh, brother-in-law and uncle replanted this vineyard. Here's the interesting part. This is why I'm telling you this story. It When my uncle picked... We, know, we have not really dealt with clones very much. You know, Zinfandel has just been planted on the property for so long. We just, you know, who knows where it came from. Mm -hmm. But my uncle chose clone four, which is the Mendoza clone to plant and to, re, to replant this vineyard. And, interest, and the other interesting thing is he chose Malbec to plant alongside it. So five, there's four and a half acres of Cabernet Sauvignon and a half an acre of Malbec all in this, all in this piece. It is uh, a, a wine that we um, have not been making for very long. This is uh, just about the fourth vintage. Um, it was uh, 2012 was our first one. Uh, the, it, we called it wisdom because we have 50 plus years, three generations farming the same piece, the same variety. And we have learned so much uh, about this particular grape. And uh, really, this is our pride and joy. This is our reserve. This is our, this is the one where Monse takes it into the cellar and it gets treated royally from the get-go. Uh, from, from, uh, from the time it's fermented until it, time, it goes into 100% French oak. I think there are thinner saved barrels that she uses. Um, it's aged. We age everything else about a year, except for the Pinot. And we age everything else for about a year to maybe 16 months. This one sees nearly two years in oak. Um, and it is it is just ref it's refined by that time in oak. And using just exclusively French oak, it just really brings out the best in this, in this Cabernet Sauvignon. Then we do something a little bit different. We age it a year in the bottle. And that wow, is on okay. purpose. And then we release it. So tell me what you think. I think it's got some fabulous layers of aromatics. It, it attacks you as soon as you put your nose even close to it. It attacks you? In a good way. In a good way. I, 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 can't, I can't make everything into a compliment for Petrocelli tonight. So it attacks you, though. Like, meaning there's nothing subtle about this one. And right. I think the end result is something that's like, I always say to Floyd, this is, I think, the only Pedrincelli up until tonight that I've had. So when I've had this before, I've been like, wow, like this is this is a serious, real deal kind of Cabernet that I wouldn't be able to taste and think, oh, this is X versus Y. Like I could think that this was like a $150 reserve cab. That's like, that's just me though. Like if I'm, it's just so complex and it's so refined, like you said, that there's like this, 
very big balance and it's a lot more aggressive than the last cab that we had. I think the last cab we had is like, like you said, very Bordeaux in style. It's got that earthiness, but it's just very nice and smooth and natural. This has got some muscle behind it. Yes, it does. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah, definitely. Like it, it's very, it's, if you were comparing it to the last cab that we had, yes, Burgundian, and, uh, not Burgundian, uh, Bordeaux in style, but it had a little bit more fruit to it. It was a little bit more rounded, you know, kind of juicier. Like this one is kind of like, it has like a creamy note. It, it's, I'm getting like a nice, that's at the, the back end, like, it's like creamy. It's like very, it's nice and creamy. It's, you're getting dark, rich fruit. Like when I talk to people about this wine, you know, usually, and I've always said, listen, this is Floyd talking as a wine seller, right? I feel like this, you know, usually Sonoma can be elegant, very distinguished, just very, it's totally different than a Napa or a Paso Robles kind of wine, right? Mm -hmm. So we all have these different regions of California that produce these wines. But this one, I always said, it kind of has some muscle. It, it just has a little nice umph to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, explaining like... Reserve. We had a discussion on the podcast about the word reserve. It's always, I put it in quotes like, oh, it's reserve. What does the reserve mean? Ah, it doesn't mean anything. It's just, we just put that on it. And it, but like this, so this sees two years in oak and then it sees a year in the bottle. It just mm -hmm. stays there. Right. That's wow. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, it's amazing, like how what people try to do to get these different qualities and flavors to come out, but it has so many layers. I think this is really, really nice. What would you, what would you, if I was to say, I like this wine, what would you tell me to pair this with? If I was making dinner right now, if I went in my kitchen, because he <laughs> okay. probably will right now. Yeah. <laughs> they, we, we have paired this with um, it. Uh, actually, I have to say it's a ribeye. So a ribeye, but this is, this is the secret. Okay. You get, um, have you ever um, dealt with portini dust? No. Have you ever heard of it? Nope. Um, it's just nope. basically ground porcini. You Come on, sprinkle... boy, don't know porcini dust. I know porcini mush. I know, yeah, yeah I know, but I don't, I've never dealt with porcini dust. dust. You have to excuse <laughs> Floyd here. He's not porcini dust nuance. <laughs> and you're acting like you are. You I'm not. I don't know anything about porcini <laughs> dust. <laughs> all right. All right. So, okay. <laughs> Uh, you sprinkle a little bit of that on the steak along with some salt and pepper, and that is it. And then you, you know, grill, pan fry, whatever you want to do with it, and then take it out, let it rest. And then you're going to put some trumpet mushrooms in there and saute in the, I do pan fry. So I saute it in the pan and, you know, you splash a little wine in there. You kind of, you know, a little butter, mm. And then you top it with, well, Point Riz is a blue cheese out here on the West Coast, and it's absolutely wonderful, and it's perfect. You crumble a little of that on top with the mushrooms and the steak and take a bite with this wine, with the wisdom. Perfect. It's, it's total yum. I mean, it sounds just like so decadent. It doesn't sound like anything subtle. Where, whereas, this, whereas the cab before this is like, you just, uh, you just serve it with the filet mignon, you're done. This this sounds Very like good. an intricate like an intricate thing where you're just like yes. hit him with every flavor. I get a nice mix of vanilla and green pepper from this. Those are the two big flavors I get. Mm -hmm. Yes, and you know I get a touch. It's it's kind of a um, 
well, the berry in here is very, it's not delicate because it has to stand up to all of that. But the interesting thing about the Cabernet bunches with the Clone 4 is they're smaller and com more compact than the other Cabernet Sauvignon um, vineyards that we have. And so to me, it adds that little bit of a concentrated um, fruit. And so you've got, it, maybe it turns more towards plum in this one. Mm. rather than berry. Um, but yeah, I get, you know, yeah, I get, get that touch, just that touch of that pepper. Mm. See, when I smell it, it like puts a smile on my face because it's kind of like, it's very perfumey. But when you taste it, it's something completely different. It, it's like, um, it's kind of playing tricks on me a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. A little bit, that, yeah, you know. Hey, you know, complexity, that's, you know, that's what that, that word is all about. You keep going back and going back and going back and you taste it. The fun thing to do is once you've emptied your glass is, have you ever gone back and just inhaled what's left? It doesn't mean there's just like very little, but to me, you get, you get the wine at that point, even though you've had it and you've tasted it and you've been smelling it all along. There's, there's that one last time where you just take the glass and go, Hmm, that's nice. So, Floyd and I, this is like a nice little story that actually completely replies to that. Floyd and I, we love to go wine hunting and bourbon hunting. So we like to just find any hole in the wall spot or any kind of well-known wine store, but we like to like kind of just take drives and find rare stuff. So there was a spot very close to us that was going out of business and the individual or the owner was selling at the most discounted price you could imagine, 2005 Bordeaux. Wow. Just stuff that he bought from 10 years ago that normally me and Floyd couldn't afford, but we could because this guy was in a flash sale. So there was one moment where my friend bought one of these wines and said, it's gone bad. This guy's selling you bad wine. So I call up Floyd in this frenzy. I'm like, I got to go to your house right now. We got to we got to test one of these bottles out right now. And it was a 2005 Chateau de San Margot. We had it decanted for about two hours. Mm -hmm. We drank it and it was one of the better wine experiences that we had. And then when we were done with it, we just had a nice little coating of it left over in the glass. But for about an hour and a half before I finally got kicked out, I just kept on smelling just going right back to it and i couldn't stop so yeah. that that's like i think smelling is half the battle when it comes to wine i agree completely i uh, it's it's where we it's where i always start you know it's not like you're just gonna take the glass and sling back a shot of something but yeah i mean and that's the beauty of wine it it slows everything down and yeah i love that story that is great that fits so perfectly so another question I had for you, Julie, is um, the, the the word that gets thrown out a lot when people come to my store is they talk about sustainably farmed, right? It's this big thing that they talk about. So yeah. I know Pinchicelli sustainably farm, and I think you have the three E's or, or I wrote it down. It was like the three E's. It was like economically feasible, environmentally sound, and I think it was socially equitable. 
You got or it. Equitable. Right. Yeah. So yeah. can you just talk to, you know, the people out there listening, what that all means? Because I think people look at that as like, oh, my. Oh, that's so cool. That means they take care of the earth, you know, peace sign, happiness. You know, can you explain to everybody out there what that really means when it comes to winemaking? Because I think people just truly don't get it. They think they do, but they really don't. So could you explain a little bit about your wines and how that's done? Right. Okay. Yes. So we were certified sustainable in our 90th year, which is interesting. Um, So because Sonoma County had a campaign that uh, they were going to get everybody certified sustainable by uh, 2019. So 2017, we became certified sustainable. Now, the reason why we did it is basically because we've always done it. Now we have a piece of paper to say, hey, we do it. But here's here's really what sustainability means. It means that we care about what we have. We care about you know it's being good stewards of what we of the vineyards that we've been you know given by you know the gift of my grandparents buying this property. And we have tended the vines. We have um, so the other so the other you know I've tried to think. Okay, so we have socially equitable, environmentally yes, and economically feasible. That's a really interesting one because you know. Um, that's like music to my family's ears. If we can save some money somewhere. By <laughs> I think everybody. <laughs> not, yeah, well, and, and then, of course, passing it on to Yeah, you. exactly. Uh, but here's what it is. It, this is what it means. It means we are able to farm where it isn't going to add to the bottom line. We are working to make it better. But it's what we've what we've always done. So we don't spend, you know, it, it, again, it's just for us to be economically feasible, it means maybe we don't make as many passes with the tractors we used to. And then here's the other. I'm just trying to give you one. I was trying to think of one thing I could give you an example of. So the tractor. So in order to be environmentally sensitive, we need to get better emissions out of the tractor, but also making less passes through the vineyard helps us not helps the soil to stay in place. So there, there's environmentally sensitive. There's, you know, in the sense that we are doing the best to keep the vineyard up to standards, but not overworking it and not letting all the topsoil fall away, and you know that kind of thing. So. Uh, when it talks about, so I'm hoping I'm giving, and I can't make the tractor work for socially equitable, but what it does say is that we have um, people working with us and for us who aren't family. And they have been with us for 37 years, for 35 years, for wow. 15, for uh, uh, one of our um, guys who uh, retired, two of them who retired, were they're almost their entire lives. And um, it just is one of those, to me, that's where we become socially equitable because we have given them the tools and we have, they have worked with us and um, we are able to pass on this pride of what we do um, to them, to all of our friends uh, far and wide. So sustainability let me just finish with this one last thing. And hopefully this will, I don't know if it'll clarify, but one thing that the sustainability does for us is that each year we take a project and we get better at it. So we are um, each, each year we're audited and they make sure that we're doing all the things we need to do to get better, you know, to get better 
at um, our light, you know, make sure the light, I mean, everything from light bulbs to what we do to out in the vineyard, all of it counts. All, every, everything, the packaging, the bottles we buy, you know, it, it's all about wrapping it up in one package and making sure that we're doing the right thing for you. Does that make oh, that's sense? Amazing. Yeah. No, it does. Trust me. It, it's it's amazing because, like I said, people come into the store and that, that's like their their sell word. It's like their their sell phrases. Hey, it's just, oh great. Oh, you know, I gotta buy it. It's it sounds amazing. It's good for the earth. It's good for the planet. So it's always nice to kind of get it explained, like to hear the explanation behind it. As in terms of somebody that's producing wine, it's always great to hear it from them because yeah. I think it just gives a little context to it. Right. Um. It, it's just it. It's just totally interesting. I, I just love, it's kind of like a geek out moment when it comes to these things, because I just love learning it and explaining it to people that don't necessarily know about it. I agree. Um, it is a geeky thing because everything <laughs> I just said may not have made sense, but all of it does tie back to our roots. Um, yeah. It's how we started and it's how we intend to go forward. That's absolutely true. Aaron, do you have a question? Which of these is your favorite? And which of these is your least favorite? <laughs> oh. I'm going there. I'm going oh, there. Boo. <laughs> this is why I this is why I hate this wine. Now I have to look around to all my kids. <laughs> which one do I like the best? The, and which one don't I like? Um, which, which one is like your ultimate? Like, in uh, go to is a horrible phrase because well, you know, everybody use everybody uses go to. Okay, well, my it has. Uh, I'm just going to say it. It's the mother clones in. I, I just love the okay. balance in this wine. I like it because it's Zinfandel and it, but it is like you said earlier, I think it was Aaron who said it. He said, this doesn't taste like a Zinfandel. That's kind of the beauty of the mother clones in it is it's got the fruit, but it, it can also be something else. Um, it can be, you know, it, it doesn't overwhelm you with either way. So again, if I hope, you, I can't believe I have to pick a least favorite. Okay, how about a least, least favorite? Okay, you know, like, oh, I could like, you know, I'd rather have the zip. That um, was a joke. That, 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 oh, is it? Oh, good. But if you want to dog your own uh, winemakers, then please nope. go ahead. Nope. <laughs> I was like, hey, nobody's ever had. That was a good one, though. Yeah, that was good. He got it in there. He got it in Roy, there. Roy, what about you? What's your, what's your favorite? Uh this is where I always, it always comes down to this. Picking your favorite kid is true. It's uh, come back to me. <laughs> okay. Aaron. I'm tired, Aaron, I'm tired between the cab and the wisdom cab, because I kind of feel we, we just did an episode on Camus of all, but we were talking a lot about how Camus measures up to certain kinds of cuts of meat. So I read this article about wine and steak and how it's it doesn't just come down to one Cabernet or one wine varietal and a steak. Like you can put certain burgundies or certain lighter cabs with a filet mignon, but you want to have something like the wisdom with a ribeye. Right. So what I like about the first cab is that it can literally go with almost any cut of meat because it's got that very balanced Bordeaux style. So I think that in terms of appreciating something from start to finish and decanting it, mm -hmm. I would go with the cab. But for the everyday American with no patience, 
this the Pedrincelli wisdom all the way. Ah, there you go. But I think that both are equally good for different reasons. Right. Okay. Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> I'll just Ditto. take it back on you. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I, I'm a big fan of the Pinot Noir. That's one of my oh. favorites. I just okay. love the Pinot Noir. Um, if I was going to go to a second one that I really enjoy the most, it's the Wisdom. I really love that 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 quality of like it just has a lo- lot more muscle to it. It's not oaky. It's not tobacco. You know, it's it doesn't have those usual Cabernet qualities that a lot of customers want or look for. It just has a lot of muscle. It has a lot of flavor. It's dark fruit. It's really just intense. I love it. It's layered. So I think I would go with that one. So Pendrincelli Pinot Noir and then the Pendrincelli Wisdom would be my favorites. Thank just. you. Are there other wines in the portfolio that you would recommend us looking into, specifically kind of more like the fuller body reds? All right. Uh, yes. Um, they uh, you talk to Christina. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, talk about the Bushnell's in, uh, that's my cousin's vineyard. We farm it. So it's an extension of our estate. Uh, and I would also recommend our block 007 cab that I think that uh-huh. those, and we also make a courage Zinfandel. It's from, um, a long time grower here in dry Creek Valley. Um, those would be, if you're looking for the fuller body, those would go. You might also, I have a lot of choices. So you might also try our Sonoma Classico, which is a blend. Ta-da. And uh, we make blends. And uh, and uh, it's it's nice because it's not as full on as the Three Vineyards Cab, but it does have some stuffing to it. So it'd be worth trying. So is that is that uh, available on the East Coast over here? Those other ones that we were talking about? Yes. Or, yes. Okay, they are. Maybe not the Courage, but I do know Bushnell and Block 007 are there. Okay. So they, yeah, give those a try. And, um, I think the Classico is there too. All right. Awesome. Julie, is there anything else you would like to like kind of promote on the podcast before we end our show tonight? Well, um, our, our door is always open. I know that, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be talking to people who may be coming to see us, uh, right now, of course, we're open by reservation only, uh, but we would love to have you uh, come in and taste our wines. Um, take a look at the vineyard. It just is our mother clones in just sits right across the road from the tasting room. So I would just love to invite any of you um, to come and visit. Uh, get a little dust, a little dry creek dust on your feet. We'll take you through the vineyard. And uh, that's that's the best way to introduce you to Petron Jelly. Sounds amazing. Thank you so much. And everybody out there listening to us, please follow myself on Unwind uh, Boutique on Instagram and Sam and Summer Podcast on Instagram and follow Aaron at The Chosen Vine on Instagram as well. And please, like I always say at the end of every episode, please. Go oh, wait, you, 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 you got to give Pedrincelli's handle. You're skipping over the best part. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, was, I was just about to say something. I, I don't it sound like you were saying goodbye. I was, no, no, no. I wasn't going to say goodbye. I was going to say the best for last. huh? I saved the best for last. Okay. I was going to recommend to everybody out there, please stop by Unwind Boutique and buy the Pendrincelli Winery class of wines. We have all the wines at the store. We actually have four at this moment, but I've always said we're going to bring more in because I just love their product. And I think it's a high quality, great price. And I totally believe it's underrated wines. And I think everybody should go out there, purchase a bottle, try it, fall in love with it and come back for more. Please Come to Unwind Boutique, and when you're in Milburn going out to dinner, please buy the Pen Shelling line and enjoy all of their products. 
Yes. Aaron, thank you so much. Thank you for having Julie, me. Julie, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so much. And have a great night. Thanks again. Have a good night. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Summer Summer Podcast. All right.